Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. So glad you stopped by. We hope that as you listen to today's sermon, the Holy Spirit through his word will refill you, recharge you, and equip you for the rest of your journey with him. Listen to today's sermon. Thank you because you are the Lord of Lords. You are the King of Kings. We thank you for your work on the cross. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you that every nation, every tribe, every people will crown him as Lord, will declare that you are the Lord of all. We give you praise. We thank you for our service this morning. We thank you that you will speak to us your word in Jesus name. Amen. We thank God for this morning another occasion to gather and worship. It's always a beautiful opportunity just to be together and to worship God, to hear from him and to minister to one another. Today I want to speak on the topic recognizing the body. So let's open to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 23 to 34. Recognizing the body. 1 Corinthians 11 23 to 34. This is a scripture we use very often every month beginning of the month we have communion service and we use the scripture to introduce our communion to give the essence of the communion service today we want to look at a particular verse in the scripture so I'm reading from verse 23 for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you how the Lord Jesus On the night he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, gave thanks for it, and broke it in pieces, saying, This is my body, that is for you. Keep doing this in memory of me. He did the same with the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink from it, keep doing this in memory of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks from the cup in an unworthy manner will be held responsible for the Lord's body and blood. A person must examine himself and then eat the bread and drink from the cup. Because whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why so many of you are weak and sick, and a considerable number are dying. But if we judge ourselves correctly, we will not be judged. Amen. Now, this is Paul speaking to the church of Corinth, addressing issues of communion. 
this scripture is the basis of communion. And communion connotes the idea of community, being together. So the essence of communion is not just eating and drinking. It has a basis, recognizing the body, community. And Paul is saying here, the instructions Jesus gave concerning the communion. First, that Jesus gave it the night before he was betrayed. Jesus had been with the disciples for three years. He never introduced communion. Because at one point, Jesus had 500 disciples. And at that point, he said something. He said, whosoever will not eat my body and drink my blood cannot be my disciple. And then the 5,000 scattered. He said, nobody can live with this. So they left him. But by the time he was dying, he gathered the 12 and instituted the communion service. He said, this must be done in memory of me. As often as you do it, you remember the Lord's death. The first point about this communion is this, that anytime we take communion, we must remember what Christ has done. It is not about ourselves. It is about the sacrifice that Jesus gave. No matter how good we are, there is no way that our righteousness can bring us close to God. The Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags. So the best we can do will be, would be nothing. When we compare our holiness, our understanding of holiness to what God called for or what God stands for. And therefore, whenever we celebrate the communion, we are talking about what Christ has done. We are what we are because of grace. We are what we are because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But another key point here, Paul made mention of, is about recognizing the body. First, the body of Jesus Christ. I read that verse again, that part from verse 26. From, for as often as you eat the bread and drink from the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks from the cup in an unworthy manner will be held responsible for the Lord's body and blood. The Bible says that we are the body of Christ. And so, apart from the work of salvation that Jesus has done, he has brought all of us together. Different nations, different tribes, different backgrounds, different trainings, different attitudes, but we have been brought together as the body of Christ. And the Bible says that we must recognize this, that despite our differences, we are one. This is very key. One of the prayers Jesus prayed before his death, part of his final prayers, he says that they may be one. It was very key and very important to Jesus. When he prayed for the church, he says, that they may be one. He said, whatsoever two or three of you shall agree upon touching anything on this earth, when you ask, it will be done. Whatsoever you bind on this earth is bound in the heavens. It means that the unity of the body is very key to our growth in Christianity. Amen. So he says, whoever eats and drinks without, verse 29, whoever 
eats and drinks without, let me read from verse 28. A person must examine himself and then eat the bread and drink from the cup. Because whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. If we are in the church, whether a local community as this, or the church worldwide, and we do not recognize each other, we do not, we do not recognize the role of the other in our lives, we do not recognize the church. So we may have the communion service, we may do all that looks glorious and beautiful, but recognizing how important the other party is to you is key to Jesus. Amen. In recent times, sometimes I hear things and say, the church is one um, group or body which attacks each other. Sometimes it is easy for us to want to please the world than to please Christ. Sometimes when we hear a negative news or negative report about another Christian, it is surprising how quick Christians are ready to even sometimes look like celebrate. Once I was with a group of people and then there was some negative news about a Christian leader. And it was like a celebration. We know it. We know it. Nobody is good. Nobody is good. We know it. And it was quick for Christians to be judging without. And you know, the interesting thing about our faith as Christians is that our faith was on the basis of a man who was falsely accused and was not given the chance to defend himself. And so when we are also in the position where somebody has been accused and we have not heard from that party, and we are quick to draw conclusions. It simply tells us what we would have done if Christ should have appeared today. The first people to stone him will be the church. And so, the Bible says we must recognize the body. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. From verse 12 to 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from verse 12 to 27. For just as the body is one, and yet has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, form a single body, so it is with the Messiah. For by one spirit, all of us, Jews and Greeks, slaves and the free, were baptized into one body, and were all privileged to drink from one spirit. For the body does not consist of only one part, but of many. If the foot says, since I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, that does not make it any less a part of the body, does it? And if it says, <clears throat> and if the ear says, since I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body, that does not make it any less a part of the body, does it? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But now, God has arranged the parts, every one of them, in the body according to his plan. Now, if all were one part, there wouldn't be a body. 
people there. So, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or the head to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are in fact indispensable. And the parts of the body that we think are less honorable are treated with special honor. And we make our less attractive parts more attractive. However, our attractive parts don't need this. But God has put the body together and has given special honor to the parts that lack it. So that there might be no disharmony in the body, but that its parts should have the same concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is praised, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the Messiah's body and individual parts of it. Amen. So here the Bible is telling us plainly, the body of Christ contains of different parts. You may see yourself very insignificant in a way. What role? The Bible says that those parts which are less honorable, like the pulpit ministry, standing there and preaching, looks like God has given that part more honor. We see more, it is like the paint in the house. The paint is just the decor. Without it, you can still live in the house. It just adds beauty to it. Yet that part has been given more honor. That is the way God has made it. But the parts that hold it, the building together, the pillars, the iron rods, the cement, all the hidden parts, the stones, we don't see them. The same applies to the body. We don't see the bones. We don't see the marrows. We don't see them. We see the nice skin. We see the parts that sometimes there are parts without it. The body can still function, but yet those parts get more honor. It doesn't matter the role you play. There are different roles. The Bible talks about ministries, different giftings, different ministries. The ministries of help, the support ministries, the one Christian in the um, early church, Barnabas, his name was Joseph, but the disciples named him Barnabas because he was the son of consolation. Whenever there was a problem, whenever ever somebody feels downcasted, whenever somebody is discouraged, Barnabas is around. When Paul became a Christian, all the church leaders were like, this man, he says he has received Christ, but we have our doubts. They accepted him, but at a distance. But Barnabas went in to pick Paul and started going around with him. Paul became very important to the ministry. Most of the things and what we have just read came from Paul. But this man was once upon a time the enemy to the church. And when he received Christ, the church decided, let's deal with, deal with him arm's length. But Barnabas, the son of con consolation, knew his giftings. He was able to recognize that this man needs training and upbringing. He took Paul and Paul became the Paul we know about. People of this sort abounds in the church. They know how to encourage people. They know how to identify a need and come in. They may never be in the pulpit, but their work is very key 
to strengthening the church. And this is very key to the growth of the church. There are different roles in the church. There are different parts we play in the church. And therefore, today I just want us to want to encourage all of us that identify the giftings God has given to you. And don't look down upon anything God has given to you. Today we are looking at the Sunday school children and we are excited about the memory verses they give. But it takes a lot of training. A lot of training to give this. If you go to Sunday school, managing the children is a big headache. But there are those who love to do it. Not because they are forced to do it, but that is what they enjoy doing. If that is your ministry, given to it. When the, we come to church and the music doesn't go well, we are bothered. It can distort the whole service. It is a ministry. But there are some ministries that are not easily identified. There are ministries, I mean, different, different ministries in the church. And it is very important that everyone contribute your role in the church. Amen. Secondly, it is very important also that we recognize. Um, I wouldn't want to say, but um, Sebastian said something last Thursday, which was very key. He says, why is God giving me all this? It is for the sake of others. Sometimes it is very key when you recognize what God has given to you and its purpose. Why God has given you this gift and how to use it for the church. The whole thing about communion is about recognizing the role of the other person in your life. Sometimes you may not see how much you need me. Sometimes, the other time I said here, that people have prayed for me. There was this pastor who, one day after service, a young lady, a shabbily dressed, very tattered lady, came to the pastor and said, Whilst we were praying, I saw that um, pastor's wife was crippled. And so, can we spend some time to pray for her? Now, the pastor said, oh, okay, okay, and then called the wife. Said, can we join with this young lady to pray? Now, the pastor's wife was offended. I mean, if God wants to reveal something about me, it shouldn't be such a person. And so she stood there and did not hold hands with the girl, folded her hands. And the pastor and the girl just held hands and they prayed. The following week, there was an accident. She was a short distance from her house and she was involved in an accident. It looked minor. What happened to her was there was a minor injury. But for three years now, this pastor's wife has been crippled and they've gone, traveled all over the world, and she's not getting a cure. She had been prayed for by all the anointed men you can think of, and she's not getting a cure. Probably, just holding hands there to pray would have saved her from all this mess. But she looked down upon the person God revealed to, and said, how could God reveal to such a person? God takes what we consider insignificant, and brings out his glory. Amen. Whenever we celebrate communion, we are not just celebrating the work of Jesus Christ, but we are celebrating the opportunity that God has brought me into your life. 
that God has brought you into my life. We are celebrating the fact that we are together. Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that the, the Lord added to the church daily. God was adding those who he thinks should be added to the church. Not everybody came in. It was only that those that God wanted to be part of it. And as the church comes together, it is very important that we recognize that we are each other's keeper. When um, Cain killed Abel, God came to him and says, where is your brother? He says, I'm not my brother's keeper. You, God, should know where he is. And God said, the blood of your brother is speaking against you. It is not what he did which led to his punishment. It was his attitude towards it. It was not God punishing him for killing his brother. It is the blood of his brother calling for vengeance. It says, because of what you have done, your brother's, your brother's blood is crying against you. And because of that, this is what is going to happen to you. We are one another's keeper. It's marvelous how God can sometimes just tell you to pray for somebody. It's sometimes you don't even know what to pray about. The thought about somebody just drops into your mind and you feel like, pray for this person. And you just say a word of prayer and God moves. We don't have special people that God has anointed. Yes, God has given special giftings. But when it comes to the body, just like our human body, there are different parts. I don't know how it feels like when you have a toothache. It is a small part of the body, and yet it puts the whole body out of work. Sometimes you have a headache, and you feel like dying. But it's just the head, not the whole body. But the head alone is telling the whole body, I can't take it again. That is how Christ expects the body of Christ to be. That we should care about each other. And when we have that care, that attention about each other, when what happens to one part means so much to you, the body of Christ grows and becomes strong and becomes a unique community that nobody else can build. This does not come just by trying. It comes by the grace of God. And that is why the church needs the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, you know, one interesting thing about communism and capitalism, this um, um, economic, this, is that communism believes that the resources of society must be held together by the state and shared equally among everybody so that nobody is in need. So if the state has any resources, all should be brought together and let's make sure that nobody is in need, which is a marvelous idea. But communism is not successful because the human, um, the human being is generally and naturally selfish and greedy. So when you create that system, it doesn't work because we are greedy people. And therefore, we will pretend that we are trying to share among each other, but we'll be cheating each other. Capitalism has the opposite. It says that human beings, let them develop on their own, each one according to his own ability. And when they get so much, they wouldn't even know what to do with it and will share it among each other. 
it has also its element that we will eliminate each other just to make it. But in the Bible, in Acts chapter 2, from verse 32, it talks about a community that was able to share among each other. And the Bible says there was none poor among them. There was none poor among them. No one has need and no one has excess. Why? Because it, they were not compelled to do it. They did it out of love. And it was because the Holy Spirit was present. Amen. Today, I'm here just to encourage that as we are together as a community, we must recognize the body. We must recognize not only in our community here, Accra Community Church, but we must recognize the body of Christ. Christians everywhere. Sometimes things are happening in other parts of the world. We hear things happening to Christians in other parts of the world and we say, oh, it, it's far away from us. But sometimes just a prayer could do so much. Just a sentence, God helps them, could do so much. Because God has given the earth to us. And he intervenes when we call him to intervene in the affairs of men. And so sometimes we wonder, why wouldn't God act until we pray? Because he wants to use us. And it's a privilege for God to use you to be a blessing to another person. God bless you. Amen. We hope this sermon blessed you. If it did, will you consider sharing it with a friend? And if you're in Accra looking for a spirit-filled community to worship with, why don't you join us at Mikado Plaza, the Bonnie Junction, Accra, on Sundays from 9 to 10.30 a.m. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Accra Church and visit our website, accrachurch.org, for more sermons. God bless you.